But I want us to look at a very familiar passage of Scripture, but maybe notice one little word that you may not have noticed a lot before. And it's in Matthew chapter 6. And I'll be reading from the old King James Version. I kind of grew up with it, so it's easiest for me uh, to remember. But uh, it's a very, very powerful piece of Scripture because the disciples, even in Luke, they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. And so this has become known as the Lord's Prayer. Really, it's the Lord's model prayer for the disciples and for us. The Lord's Prayer, uh, the, the real Lord's Prayer, is John 17, where he talks to the Father and prays that we all may be one as he and the Father are one. And, and that's a little different. But this is the model prayer that he gave us. And uh, maybe we could just stand for the reading of this model prayer that Jesus uh, gave. And uh, just for a brief moment here, and you can just listen along because we've probably got three or four versions here and it may sound kind of weird uh, if, we're, if we're reading them all. And so I'll read Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8 says, uh, Be not ye therefore like unto them, he's talking about the heathen, uh, for your father knows what things you have need of before you ask him. So after this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right, why don't you go ahead and be seated. And then I'm going to read the next two verses. We're going to play into the message tonight. And it says, for, and we often leave this out, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now, it would be nice to leave it there. But he adds another verse. And it says, but if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And so I thought in bringing glory to Christ uh, tonight, we would kind of talk about what God really wants for us. Uh, He wants us to be renewed in our spirit. He wants us to be renewed in our mind. And in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, Be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And I thought if we're going to give God glory through this camp, we've got to understand forgiveness. Because if we have hard hearts and unforgiveness, he's not listening to our prayer. Do you know that? In fact, Psalm 66, 18 says, If I regard or give place to iniquity in my heart, and what's iniquity? could be pride. It's also, uh, in, in the descriptions of the concordances, it means a very wicked thought or very wicked procedure, very evil. Uh, but it can be as simple as pride. And of course, that's not simple either, I guess. But he said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. He's not listening. And so it's important to deal with this thing of forgiveness. And young people, as you grow older in your life experience, people are going to offend you. You're going to run into uh, people that just, you want to get even. You know, you know, I don't get mad, I get even. That's what a lot of people say, right? Well, God has a better plan. And I want to try to help you see some of that tonight. And perhaps it will be a, a real blessing now as well as down the road. Um, God's desire for us is homeostasis. Anybody know what that means? It, it just means calmness, well-being, peace. In our heart, as a believer, he wants that for us. You know that forgiveness 
generate, or unforgiveness generates exactly the opposite. And it takes away peace and kindness and love and all those things. And uh, I just found out, I, I was reading this one article, and this man said that, you know, there are 1,595, and I don't know how he counted them, but that many uh, if conditions in the Bible. A lot of people want God's blessing. They want their prayers answered. They want just everything to go their way, but they don't want anything to do with the ifs, <laughs> you know? And, and we need to realize that God's business in forgiving is conditional. It's conditional. Um, he said that uh, in John 1.12, if we confess our sins, then he is faithful and willing to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there's an if. Uh, go to the Old Testament in Deuteronomy 7, uh, 14, I think it is. Uh, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And we, a lot of people want the blessing. They want all the good stuff. They just don't want to deal with the ifs of the Bible. And God holds us accountable for unforgiveness. It's an if. Uh, we just read it. I don't know if you noticed it, but in verse 12, a little, little tiny word that you may not have noticed too much before. He says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, as. Do you know that you are actually setting yourself up to be forgiven in the way that you forgive? <laughs> Did you know that? He's saying, if we forgive our debtors as we forgive them, he said, that, that's how I'm going to deal with you. If you, if you forgive them in a, in a right manner, I'll forgive you in that manner. So we're kind of setting this, our own stage about how we're going to be forgiven. Isn't that a good thing? I mean, we can do that. We, we don't have to leave it up to guessing. If we have a forgiving heart and a forgiving spirit, we can receive that kind of forgiveness. We're going to be setting that stage with God. And so uh, very important that uh, we do that. There's so many folks living in discord and ignorance and not even caring about God's conditions. And he has a lot of conditions for them. And uh, often they get mad at God, saying, well, you're just not there, you're not answering, you must not be real. Give all kinds of excuses because he didn't answer their prayer. They just didn't bother with the ifs. And I want to encourage you to deal with the ifs. And uh, we'll talk about a couple of those tonight. Um, one thing that you have to be aware of, there's an enemy that doesn't want you to forgive. He's always out there. He's got little minions everywhere. And I don't know if they're on that movie where those little guys that waddle around, but, but he's, got, he's got minions that are just trying to keep you from forgiveness and to take away your homeostasis, if you will. He wants to take away your peace. And, uh, and so we need to be aware of something, that as believers, we can give place to those minions. Did you know that? And here's how we know that. In Ephesians, I was reading this and I said, now who was the book of Ephesians written to? Well, it was written to the church at Ephesus, right? Believers. And he said, give no place to the devil. So that means they could. And they might have been. But he made it real clear, don't do it. Give no place to the devil. So believers can actually give place. Uh, someone likened it to having an island in your heart. 
I've given God everything else, but there's a couple things I want to keep, you know, a couple things that are just for me. And the enemy says, okay, I'll camp there for a while, and I'll wait for the right time when you're in unforgiveness or uh, you're mad about something, and then I'll come out and take over. And, and it's amazing what things take over, and I'll show you the progression uh, here in a moment of, of what happens when Satan comes out of the space you reserved for him. So give no place. Give no place for the devil. Uh, Romans 6.16 says, Don't you know that you who yield yourselves servants to obey, his servant you are to whom you obey. And he's saying again, that was written to Christians. So do you realize that when you give yourself to be given over uh, to something or someone, you're now the servant of that, that being. And so he said, as a believer, you got to be careful who you give yourself over to. Because the enemy can say, hey, I'm sitting out here and look at, I got the things you want. Just come this way. And you give yourself over to that and, and he takes over and now you're in trouble and you've lost your peace with God. You've lost your peace with your neighbor, with your family. Uh, interesting that uh, this uh, lady, Dr. Caroline Leaf, anybody ever hear of Dr. Caroline Leaf? A couple of you. She has a tremendous study on the brain and how it works. I mean, she is... She is a brain, but, uh, but she really uh, has a tremendous study on that. And she was saying, do you realize that when you are in a piece of homeostasis, a place of homeostasis, and you have peace, it produces a tranquil and a calm. It actually gives off endorphins that bring about more peace. And she says, when you've, when you've dealt with issues and now there's no issue hanging up in there, you have more peace. And, and your body is giving off endorphins like a high. It's actually, it's actually good for you and healthy for you. She said, but uh, in the convex kind of a manner, she said, when you harbor bitterness and unforgiveness and those kind of things, guess what? Your brain tells the body, and especially the adrenal glands, to uh, go ahead and produce some cortisol and other chemicals as well. But do you know what those adrenal glands are for? They're emergency glands, right? If you, when I, I don't know if Brandon remembers, but when I taught science, I taught him about that many years ago. But adrenal glands, they produce a cortisol that's re- to make you ready for fight or flight. That's what it's for. And boy, I mean, if an emergency comes, you can be ready to either run or to stand. But you realize that if you keep getting the cortisol, the emergency's gone, and you've got uh, an anger or a bitterness or something that's not going well, guess what? Your body keeps producing it. And your body can't handle more than what's needed for an emergency. If it takes more cortisol in, guess what? Your organs start being damaged. Your brain cells actually are damaged. And in no time, if you continue to harbor discord and bitterness and uh, unforgiveness, in no time at all, you will have dis-ease disease. That's what's happening. It's been amazing to watch people when they get rid of forgive, uh, uh, unforgiveness and bitterness. It's been amazing to watch them change and become healthy when they never thought they could. There was a young lady that used to be up at Calvary Chapel Church up here in the day church. And she served for 19 years at that church. And every year that I knew her there in those 19 years, she was ill. And she continued to get worse and worse. And now this was a good girl. This, this young lady was a, a very kind person. I don't think she ever even said darn in her whole life. You know, I mean, she was just one of those really good uh, gals that just loved the Lord. Her daddy was a, uh, an evangelist. And, uh, man, he'd go out on meetings and, and uh, see people come to the Lord. And, 
And uh, as growing up, she just grew up in a, in a nice home. But she was having all this illness. And it got to the point where they told her, you know, your, your body's starting to live off its organs. You don't have long. And so the amazing thing is, her sister came and said, there's a guy teaching uh, something that's very unusual about forgiveness and stuff. And what have you got to lose if you've only got a couple months? Let's go hear what he has to say. And so she went to Atlanta, Georgia, where a guy was visiting from Alaska. And he came and was teaching uh, these principles about forgiveness. And she thought, man, I, I don't hold malice. And she did. She was a very gracious person. She says, I'm not angry. Uh, I, don't, I don't have that bitterness that I know of. And she just started asking the Lord, Lord, is there something out of order in my life? Is there something that shouldn't be there? And it's interesting how faithful God is. She says, suddenly appears in my mind my memory of me as a girl going from eighth grade into ninth grade, graduating from junior high into high school. And she said, I was so excited about that, and it was a real big deal. They had a celebration, kind of a festival thing. And her dad was out preaching. And when he came back, he said, man, you know, 25 people got saved uh, in these meetings. And, oh, it was just a a wonderful time. And she saw herself in her own heart going, well, that's wonderful, Dad. But inside she was going, but you weren't here for me. You weren't here for my graduation. Something that innocuous, something that simple. And yet God brought it to her mind because she needed to deal with it and forgive her father for not being there. Interesting thing that as she forgave her father and just listened to the Lord for a while and quiet, he let her know. He said, you know, I was there with you the whole time. <laughs> I was always with you. I've never forsaken you. I never will. And, and a new peace and a homeostasis came over her body. And one thing after another began healing. And I was up in Alaska on our about our... 45th anniversary, I think it was somewhere in there. We've had so many, I've lost count. And, but uh, we were up there, and my friend Jim says, Hey, do you know that Lisa's here? And I said, What? She's alive? And I, this was many years you know, had passed. He says, Yeah. And he says, Here, talk to her on the phone. And I said, Lisa? And she said, Yeah. And I'm thinking, Do we have a direct line to heaven? I can't believe it. She's here. And she was desperately ill, 80 pounds. And, and she's taller than I am and just really sick. And I said, Lisa, uh, man, we, we want to see you and your husband. Can, uh, can we take you out to dinner? I said, oh, I remember you've got that environmental disease where you're allergic to everything. She was allergic to, she was, she could only eat certain few foods and the material, she had to wear only certain kinds of material in her clothing or she would break out with rashes and stuff. And I said, oh, I, I know you got to only eat at certain places. I said, where, where can we take you? She says, how about Mexican? <laughs> I said, Mexican's okay? Okay, you know, we'll go to Mexican. And we met Lisa, story going short here. We got there to the restaurant, and man, she ate us under the table and beat us to the top of the glacier afterwards. <laughs> and I said, Lisa, what has happened to you? And she started sharing about how God taught her to forgive. And as he did things began healing and coming into focus properly and, and she's healed and, and just full of energy and health uh, even to this day. And so uh, my, my point is we, we really want to pay attention to things like what, even what uh, Caroline uh, uh, Leaf has taught us about the brain because God's designed it in such a way that if we will keep a short sin account and, and a quick forgiveness account, 
we can even maintain our health to a great degree. Isn't that something? I mean, you can literally be healed. And since that time, I found many, many people that have been healed, just physically healed, because of the fact that their body kept stopped dumping the cortisol and junk in that was ruining their organs so they, they couldn't be well. And when they got it straight, when they got it right, man, they, they're well. They're healed. And so there's, there's a real good benefit uh, just for forgiveness in itself, learning how to forgive. Um, but, of course, that's not the only reason we want to do it. Um, I found out that, in fact, uh, she mentioned this. She says, do you know that you form a memory in a context? Does that make sense? Do you form a memory in a context? For example, where's Mrs. Shipley? Is she here somewhere? Where's Elaine? Oh, there she is back there. She just reminded me of it this morning. Uh, we had some McDonald's breakfast, uh, all, all her gang and, and my wife and I. And she said, oh, wow, this just took me back to when I was a little girl, when my dad used to take me uh, to certain places. And when we went to McDonald's, that was a big deal. you know. And, and so there is a memory and a context. And it can be a good one or it can be a bad one. And the thing is, they're not always accurate. You always think, well, I, I can remember things, and, and you're going to justify your position, and you're going to defend your position because you remember. But we also find out that our memory is fallible, and it's not always accurate. I learned this the hard way early on in my marriage, by the way. I, uh, I, I made a gamble with my wife, and you should never bet with your wife. Uh, anybody that's thinking about that, don't do it. But I... She, she was singing or wording these, this hymn, this old hymn. And I said, that's not the way that hymn went. That is not the way that that goes. She says, oh, yes, it is. And I said, well, I'll bet you $50 it doesn't go that way. And, uh, boy, she ran upstairs like, wow, and went and got a, an old hymn book. And she pulled out the hymn. And I read it, and I said, I don't remember it that way. She said, 50 bucks, you know. <laughs> you know? So... There, there is a, uh, a memory and a context. And so I learned, don't gamble. <laughs> and, and don't mess with your wife, especially. That's, uh, but anyway, uh, I just want us to think about some things. God has not given us the spirit of fear. There, there are spirits out there that want to ruin our joy. They want to take away our joy. Spirit of fear, the spirit of anger, the spirit of lust, and all those things. And, and you can call them what you like. You can say, I don't know if they're minions or demons. But... They're out there, and, and the Lord wants us to be aware to watch out for them because they want to steal what, you, what he wants you to have. Uh, he takes away uh, all the things. For example, in 2 Timothy 1.7, he says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's, that's what God gives. What Satan gives is the spirit of fear. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6.19, What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have from God, and you're not your own? Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are His. So we're supposed to glorify God in our body and in our spirit. They belong to Him. And uh, Romans 12.2 says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we're talking about forgiveness, and it's all involved with your mind here, right? He says, by, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That means we can get conformed and go the wrong direction. So we want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. You see, every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father above with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning, right? Not even a shadow of turning. God is consistent, God is faithful, and he's good. And he gives good gifts. 
And if we have anything less than good gifts, chances are it's from the enemy. He's out trying to give us other things, fooling us, thinking this could be good or we can do it our way and we could have uh, fun in doing this, uh, this deed. I saw some, uh, an article where some boys thought it was fun to take paintball guns and walk along the highway and if they, or drive along the highway and if they saw somebody walking, to haul off and, and shoot them and, uh, with their paint gun. They thought it was fun and harmless, but they didn't know that this one guy they picked on had a bad heart condition. And when they shot him, he died on the spot from a heart condition, you know. And so we can, we can think that, oh, yeah, uh, it's just for fun. But listen, God gives good gifts. The enemy gives these stupid ideas. He, he gives these things that are really bad for us. Uh, he's the accuser, by the way, of the brethren. Uh, he'll, he'll remind you of every sin uh, that you've ever committed if he can. If you haven't dealt with it and gotten it forgiven, he, in fact, even if you have, he likes bringing it up. Somebody said it this way, if the devil reminds you of your past, just remind him of his future. You know, don't, don't, let, him, don't let him get away with that. And go to God and, and get it dealt with. Um, in Luke eleven twenty four, we find out what happens when people just try to reform. They just try to try a new track for now. He says that uh, in Luke eleven twenty four that uh, somebody made an evil spirit leave. And it says that evil spirit went around and walked in dry places. When he didn't find a place to abide, he came back to the house where he was, and he found it all swept and garnished. So yeah, they had reformed. They'd clean up some things. And he said, hey, this is an empty house. And he went and got seven evil spirits worse than himself and said, got a place for you to live. And, and so God's uh, trying to make it really important to us that we, uh, we keep a short sin account. And what do you do when you've reformed? when you've actually confessed your sin, when you've really uh, given things over to the Lord and you've forgiven, the important thing is not to leave it vacant, but fill yourself, fill that vacancy with the Holy Spirit of God. Say, I thought I got all the Holy Spirit uh, I was supposed to get when I got saved. Well, you did, but he didn't get all of you. Uh, That's what learning is all about. That's what growing is all about, is you learning to yield on a daily basis things that uh, belong to, uh, really should belong to him. So he wants you to do that. Well, um, let me tell you uh, some ways to do that. Uh, Ephesians 5.18, Be ye being filled with the Spirit, and speak to yourself. Some people say, oh, when you talk to yourself, isn't that a sign of insanity? No, not when, not when you're following the Bible. It's good sense. Speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. He says it also over in Colossians, admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You know, you can sing your blues away. You can sing the cares away if you're singing truth. And so be, be willing to sing the right kind of songs. By the way, there's three kinds of songs. Let me give you a, a real quick uh, lesson about music in case you didn't get this. A psalm is a song of praise from man to God. It's a worship song. Is, is praising him. And then uh, it says a hymn. A hymn is a doctrinal truth or a teaching that comes through God's word from God to men. So we got praise from men to God. Now we got teaching from God to men. So what's a spiritual song? It's from man to man. It's a song of exhortation, a song of encouragement. And, and he says, have that. Fill your vacancies with that. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And then he said, uh, I want you to follow peace with all men in Hebrews chapter 12. 
uh, verses 14 and 15. He said, without, without that kind of peace of the Lord and forgiveness, no man uh, shall see the Lord. He said, look diligently, lest any root of bitterness grow up and defile you. Let me just describe a root of bitterness. If you've ever seen an aspen grove of trees, like up in the rocky northwest, up, up Rocky Mountain area, an aspen tree, even after a fire, if one survives, pretty soon you'll see another one pop up over here, and then one over here, and one here. And pretty soon they'll start making their way out into the vacant space of the field. And they're all related. They're all connected underground. You don't see it, but they're connected. And it's the same with a mushroom circle. You know, quite often that circle, it's all related to one central core. And, and so uh, what happens uh, when we get bitterness, uh, that's the... Uh, that's the, the, the avenue that forg- unforgiveness puts in us. It puts a, a bitterness in us that destroys our health and destroys our peace and destroys our friendships. And here's what it leads to. Uh, bitterness is a, a serious, serious thing. He said, if you don't pluck out the root of bitterness, it will defile many, not, include, not just including yourself. It'll defile lots of others. And so he said, you need to pluck it out. You can't just kind of cover it up. You got to get rid of it, confess it, and forsake it, and repent from it, and give it over to the Lord, and be forgiven, and get freedom. And uh, what it does, if you don't, it says that uh, unforgiveness leads to resentment. Did you ever notice that? You resent that person because you don't think they did right by you. Uh, and then resentment, if it ferments on the wrong, pretty soon it leads to retaliation, and you see that a lot on the highways, and it gets more dangerous because it's actions, you know. And, uh, and retaliation leads to anger. And you might want to mark that down and note that because anger expresses itself in the eyes, the face contorts, uh, it's outward, and it gives the evil spirit a voice. You know, that's what anger does. And then anger goes from there to hatred, and it's just stay out of my world, get out of my way, and it becomes very bitter. And then that can even lead to violence, and violence becomes verbal, it can become physical, uh, it can even have sexual expression, uh, it just has horrible uh, fingers to it, and then it can even lead to murder, it could be physical murder or self-murder, word murder. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me, that's baloney. It is. Names can hurt really bad, and they can really cause serious problems. And so it, you, can, you can murder people. I know people that have literally taken their lives because they were bullied by people saying wrong and unkind words. It's, a, it's a powerful. So we need to make sure it's removed from our life. Well, um, condemnation comes from Satan, but restoration comes from Christ. So how do we forgive? What's the standard? Well, it's the way that we forgive others. Remember, we read it uh, there in the Lord's Prayer. The way we forgive others sets the standard for how we're going to receive forgiveness. How often should you forgive? Peter came to Jesus and said, Now, I know what the law says seven times. What do you say about forgiveness? The Lord blew his mind. He said, 70 times seven. In other words, unlimited. Not just 490, but unlimited times you forgive. As long as they're willing to, uh, to ask for forgiveness, you, you give it to them. Um, but you say, Well, I can't forgive. Man, uh, that person did evil to me, and I'm, I just can't forgive him. Do you know what that does? It doesn't hurt them at all. They, they don't even know you haven't forgiven them most of the time. But guess who's getting eaten up with, with that unforgiveness? 
My brother always had a good question uh, when I would give some complaint or something else. He'd say, how's that working for you? you know? and, and when you are uh, giving uh, bitterness to someone, uh, you can't forgive. I will not forgive. They did a horrible thing to me. What you're doing is saying, I hope I'm going to take poison and hope somebody else dies. <laughs> That's really what it is. It's like, I'm taking the poison in case, so they'll die. It doesn't work that way. You know, and, and that's what uh, unforgiveness does. Uh, oh, you don't know the evil that that person did to me. I can't let them off the hook. You know, there's no way I want to forgive them because they just can't get away with it. Well, number one, you probably can't do much about it anyhow. So here's how you let them off the hook. You release them to the one, the only one, that can actually exact justice. That's what you do. You release that person to him. You say, you mean I, I just have to forget it? Well, you probably never will forget it. Uh, it may fade with time, but some other occasion will come up and it'll be similar. And You'll go, oh yeah, I remember that. But here's how you can tell whether it's taken care of. If there's bitterness in the memory, we'll wrap up with this. If there's bitterness in the memory, you haven't dealt with it yet. You haven't got it solved. So go again to the Lord and ask forgiveness and, and repent uh, of whatever that situation was, and then release that person to the one who can exact justice. Let the Lord deal with him. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. And so you leave it up to him, and you go on in peace. You go on in homeostasis. You, know? you go on with the strength and the joy and the cleansing of the Lord in your life. And uh, let me just give you a couple of uh, prayers that you might want to consider before we get ready for communion right here. Uh, I think it's important. We've, we've talked about how you ought to get rid of unforgiveness and how you get rid of un, uh, bitterness. Uh, you, should, you should take this advice from Ephesians 4.31. Don't let the sun set on your wrath. I was uh, evidently showing that I was being unkind to my wife shortly after we were married, and my dad noticed because we were visiting him. He said, I thought you loved that woman and you married her because you loved her. I said, well, I do. He says, why don't you show it? And I said, hey, I'm a man. I don't have to take that. You know, this, uh, this is my marriage and stuff. And he said, yeah, but if you have any sense, you'll hear what I'm saying. And I started listening, and he, he wrapped it up with this. He said, don't ever let the sun set on your wrath. And you know that has worked for 52 years, going on 53? It works. You just don't let it, don't let it settle there. And so give, give these things over to God. Settle things quickly. And... Uh, so be steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. And here's a couple of those uh, example prayers that uh, I think you could pray. And uh, maybe we want to just bow our heads. And maybe this will be a, a way of you dealing with some unforgiveness and, uh, or some bitterness that's, that's down in your heart. And you can get ready for communion this way. Uh, the Lord's Supper here that's going to be provided in a few moments. Uh, here's one of them, a forgiveness prayer. And obviously, just memorized words won't do it, but it should have these elements in it. Heavenly Father, I purpose and choose to forgive, and you put the person and what they did. I release them and cancel their debt to me in the name of Jesus. I cancel all of Satan's authority over me in this memory, because it is forgiven. Holy Spirit, heal my heart and tell me your truth about this situation. Very important that when you've confessed these things to the Lord, listen to God's Spirit and what He's put in your heart from the Word that you've learned. And He'll give you tremendous insight. And uh, 
And so a forgiveness prayer could include those elements. Here's a repentance prayer. Heavenly Father, forgive me for, and then name the sin. I purpose and choose to forgive myself. Not talking about salvation here. You can't forgive yourself to get into salvation. But it's talking about your victory. It's talking about your homeostasis, your peace of mind, your walk with God. Uh, So I purpose and choose to forgive myself in the name of Jesus. I cancel all of Satan's authority over me in this sin. I am forgiven. Holy Spirit, heal my heart and tell me your truth about this situation now. And so, Father, as we've shared...